of faith this morning. And I want to start in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. If you have your Bible, you can follow along or we'll have the scriptures up so you can see what we're talking about. So faith uh, can be the saving kind of faith that you believe in Christ and that gift of faith that we want to talk about this morning. That's number one. And there's a determination kind of faith that there's a, almost like a self-will kind of I'm going to determined to do it. And I want to major on the saving kind of faith and how that is a gift from God and how everything that we do and the way that we live flows from that little seed of faith that God's given us and planted into our hearts and how we want to define faith this morning, how we want to define uh, what it means to be right with God, that righteousness that we have from him, maybe defining things like the law according to Moses, maybe defining a few things, um, what, it, what, what sin means and what it means to miss the mark. And so that's where I'm going. And I want to talk about the measure of faith that we've all been given. And then it's up to us, as we've received a gift, to appropriate that gift into our lives, to allow it to grow and mature and flourish just like a plant You know, I'm not a farmer or a gardener, so I don't really know what it takes to grow plants, but some of you do. And some of you know that seeds need the right uh, soil, they need the right conditions, they need light and heat and keeping out the frost and all those sorts of things. Um, So we want to talk about faith as something that can grow, something that's been given to us as a gift from God. If you don't remember anything else this morning, remember that the faith you have is a gift from God. We'll open in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 11. This is why we pray for you, says the apostle. We're asking God to help you to live the kind of life he's called you to live. We pray that with his power, God will help you do good things you want and perform the works that come from your faith. So this principle of faith is almost like faith working in you, and how his gift of faith brings about in your life faithfulness. So you've been given a gift of faith, a measure of faith, and you can see that faith growing. So saving faith is something that brings right standing with God. It transfers us out of a state of being, which we'll call sin, into a state of being that we will call righteousness. And it may help us this morning to define some of these things and some of these words that we use in the Christian life. But there is the kind of faith of self-determination, that faith that sets us off in the right direction, the faith that orientates our life towards something positive, a step in the right direction, a choice of the right thing to do. And you know, if you choose to do the right thing and you aim towards it, you're more likely to hit it than not. And we've spoke about sin in the past, and I'll define what it means to sin and to miss the mark. And in in some ways, in many ways, that we've all missed the mark. We've all fallen short of that glorious standard. And whenever there is a glorious high standard, that we're aiming to achieve, it can be that we miss the mark. Is that just me? 
But being determined or having that determined kind of faith, being focused, aiming towards something, even though we may struggle, we can have that self-determination. You know what? Today's going to be a good day. I'm going to step in the right direction today and I'm going to measure my success, not in comparing myself with others, but looking at how was I yesterday. Am I going to have a better day than I did yesterday? Am I going to be a better person than I was last year? And that's often a way we can measure our faith as in our self-will, our self-determination. But that's a different kind of faith. I want to talk about faith as a gift from God. Faith that we are part of something bigger. Faith that works itself in us through the love of God. Faith in an ideal can make us feel inadequate. But faith as a gift from God actually fills us with his love and with his grace and with his understanding. This is why it's important to understand what the Bible means by faith. Often we make faith a condition of the mind when it is a divinely imparted grace in our hearts. And the need for faith is really outlined in Jesus' teaching, in Paul the Apostle's teaching, the writer of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews even says, without faith it's impossible to please God. But praise the Lord, it's not out of our own works and our own efforts that that faith is appropriated to please God. It's that gift from Him. And we can believe in a promise, but yet we can lack the faith to appropriate that promise. You see, but faith is not something that we can manufacture to begin with. Our faith begins with Christ. He's the one that plants it within us. It's our job to allow that faith to grow. Scriptural faith is not our ability to say that's done, but it's a deep consciousness of divinely imparted grace into the heart of human beings. And we're talking about the kind of faith that God gives And sometimes we struggle with the other kind of self-will. We know we should live a certain way. We know we, you know, should exercise. We know we should eat the right things. But, you know, time and time again, we know that we fail in these areas. But I'm not talking about that kind of self-will determination kind of faith. I'm talking about the gift of God, his seed planted in our hearts. And when we look at faith in that way, It's actually not our faith level that we rely upon. It's actually Christ himself. Actually, Christ, the living word, he is our sufficiency. He is our strength. He's the rock with which we can build our life on. And we don't live by bread alone. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we look at the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. And he says things like, your faith has made you well. But even that faith is a gift. And any gift, if you give someone a gift, it becomes theirs. And as we receive the gift of faith from God, it becomes our possession. It becomes ours. And it may seem like it's only a small part. But that faith is purely God's work. This is why he says we pray that the power of God will help you. 
We pray that God's grace will work itself in you. We pray for you that you'll begin to work out your faith, that principle of faith operating in you. It's not your faith as in the sense of you manufactured it, but it is your faith as in you've been given this gift and you've got to work it through. I love it in 2 Peter. We'll turn there, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 9. It says, Jesus has the power of God. Amen? And Jesus, through his power, has given us everything that we need. One translation says he's given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Here it says, everything we need to live and to serve God. We have these things, not because we've earned them, but because we know him. I tell you, if you don't know Jesus today, and you want to receive his gift of faith, you get to know him. And when you get to know him, you believe in him. And when you believe in him, he implants his faith into you as a seed. Jesus called us by his glory and by his goodness. Though he gave us very great and precious promises, with these gifts you can share in God's nature. And the world will not ruin you with its evil desires. You know how we come out of the evil desires of this earthly realm? We come into faith. It begins with faith. And we begin, through his precious promises, we begin to share in his divine nature. I love that. I, lo- I think this way. I live these. I love these things. Blessings you have received. Because you have received these blessings, do your best to add to your lives. Add to your faith. So you've been given faith. It's yours. You own it. So add to your faith goodness. Goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, and patience, and service for God. And to the service for God, add kindness to your brothers and sisters in Christ. To kindness, add love. And if all these things are in you, right, and they are growing, they will help you to be useful and productive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone who doesn't see these things clearly, they're blind. And they've forgotten they've been cleansed from their past sins. I tell you, there is such a depth and richness and knowledge that comes from God's Word that we want to partake in His nature. His sinless nature we can partake in. We can become part of it as we begin to appropriate the gift that He's given to us. This faith operating in your life brings you to a point where you can offer your life to God. See, faith involves belief, but it goes beyond just belief into that personal revelation that God is working in me. Faith is God's work right from the beginning. When we join that, we go from faith to faith, or from faith to a place of faithful living. And I want to live faithfully to God. I want to live right for God. And I want to add the knowledge, the self-control, the kindness. You know, all these lovely things that he's got for us. They come and they begin with that seed of faith. See, by faith we begin our Christian walk. And it's by faith that we begin to live each day. Faith goes from the invisible heart condition into faith of a practical way of living. In Romans 1, the apostle says this, for the, 
For in the gospel of God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, because the righteous will live by faith. Or another translation says the righteous live by faithfulness. It's you know someone is righteous or right because of the way they live, and they live faithfully to God. You see, God's power is hidden within the good news, the gospel. What does that mean? The good news is that Jesus died for our sins, took the punishment for us, became that sacrifice that took away our sin. And I'll talk about that in a second. Well, maybe it helps to define these words. Sin we've defined as missing the mark and missing the standard. But sin, according to Romans, mentions sin 48 times as a state of being, not something that we do. Yes, sin is something that we do. It's, or maybe sin is something that we don't do. You know, and we, there's a stand and we don't hit it. Maybe that's more of a better definition of sin. But sin is a state of being where sin entered the world through one man, a state of being then inherited to us as human beings. But as good news, because by one man's righteous act, many were made righteous. And through the gift of faith, they take ownership of this new state of being. They're transferred from being in one state to being in another state by the faith of God, not by their actions. We could not, by our good deeds, go from being a slave to sin to a slave to righteousness. You read Romans, it explains these things very well. But sin as a noun rather than a verb. A sin as a noun is an inherited state or thing. See, Romans describes our sinful state. And it says there in Romans 5, it says, Sin entered the world through one man, then death spread through sin. In this way, death spread to all men because all sinned. But how much more will those who receive the overflowing gift of grace and gift of righteousness will begin to reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ? I tell you, I want to reign in life. I want to be above and I don't want to be beneath. I don't want to be just caught up in this sinful state. I want to live in a righteous state with God. And he goes on and he says, Grace will reign through righteousness resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ. I want that eternal life. Jesus says eternal life is that you know me and that you know God. I want this kind of life he talks about in John 10 that's abundance life, the overflow life. I want that life and life to the full. And I'll tell you why we have such a problem with sin and sinning. It is destroying people's lives. You know it as well as I know it, how it destroys people's lives. And it's not that we're up here telling you well, you must do this must do this, or you mustn't do that. No, we want you to live a life free from sin, condemnation, guilt, shame. You know when someone's full of shame because it's written all over their face. And we want you to come out of that and understand what it means to appropriate God's gift of faith that's been given to you, that you can trust in him, that not by your good works are you brought out of the sinful state but that you're brought out by faith. So let's define a few things. The law. The law, as we read by Moses, was a good way of living. There was a right and wrong. Primarily laws were given to govern the state of Israel and to live in peace with God and our fellow man. 
You see, when Paul talks about righteousness, he always talks about the faith of Abraham. He doesn't talk about righteousness coming through obedience to the law. But the law was brought in and they obeyed the law. That meant they could dwell in the land. And if they were perfect in all the law, they still needed a sacrifice for their sin. And we read that sacrifice had to be continually given. And Hebrews teaches us that the blood of bulls and goats was not enough to take away sin, that state of sin. But the promise was needed. So that's why Paul goes back to Abraham when he's explaining how Abraham was right with God. Abraham was right with God before he was circumcised. Abraham was right with God because he believed the promise. Genesis 15 verse 6. um, The promise was that he would inherit the land and through his seed all the nations would be blessed. You see how there is a promised land and and a land a uh, seed needed a land to grow in and to flourish in. Uh, that's a very simple gardening trick for you there. Uh, seeds need soil. The promised seed needed the promised land. And Abraham believed this. And the scriptures say it was accounted to him as righteousness. You see, the purpose of the law, the law actually came later through Moses. And it says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And we're not in that old covenant of the law, but we're in the new agreement that Christ has made for us. And he has given us righteousness by our faith in him. Let's define righteousness. Righteousness is defined as the ability to stand before God without the sense of guilt or inferiority. And we receive this right standing with God by our faith. It's defined as a gift of righteousness. And Paul explains this so many times, and he calls this the good news. The good news is that right standing with God comes from faith, from beginning to end. And also that we're part of the new covenant, the new agreement. You see, Paul is addressing Jewish audiences. So when he's talking about Abraham and his faith, when he's talking about Moses and the law, he's talking about the different covenant agreements that God made with with human beings. You know, the first covenant, Adam, then Noah, then Abraham, then Moses, then David, but we're in the new covenant, which is Christ Jesus. And before the law came, righteousness was there. You see, righteousness comes apart from the works of the law or our obedience to the law. It says in Romans 4, Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him for righteousness. Now to one who works, the pay is not considered a gift, but it's something that is owed. But to the one who doesn't work, but believes on him who declares the ungodly to be righteous, his faith is credited for righteousness. You see, Paul uses Abraham and not Moses when he's talking about what makes us right with God. Looking at Abraham, it began with him believing what God said. And what we know that he was talking about, the promised seed, was Christ himself. And through our belief in this promised seed, which is Jesus Christ, our faith accredits to us as right standing with God. 
that we can dwell in the land of promise, that we can receive the promised land, that we'll begin to inherit all the things that God has for us. And we live like this, taking his gift of faith into our lives and allowing us to live a faithful life. It goes from the invisible head and heart faith to demonstrated in the way that we live because what is of the law then becomes written on us. You see, the faith and the belief in the promises of God, this faith that Abraham was righteous because he believed. Paul says it like this, being found in Christ. This is Philippians 3 verse 9. Being found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law or my ability to keep the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God depends on that faith. The basis of our right standing with God is our, not on our response to the works of the law, but by faith in the promises given to Abraham that we can now appropriate. Galatians 2 verse 16 says, We know a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ. Romans 3 and 4 says, No one will be justified in the sight of the works of the law, because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. But now, apart from the law, God's righteousness is being revealed. Attained by the law and the prophets, that is, God's righteousness through faith in Christ Jesus is to all, or to everyone who believes. Because there's no distinction. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. It's not that our lives are not good enough. It's that our life is that we believe. He says they're justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Christ. Does this mean that the law is cancelled? No, on the contrary, the law is upheld. You know, because of the faith, the gift of faith that we have received, we can live a faithful life. It's by that gift of faith that enables us to live according to the law. And the Lord Jesus summarized is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Summarizing the law of Moses. Second, he says, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I know there's people who struggle to love themselves and maybe something's happened in your life and you find that hard to love yourself and maybe you need to talk through some things and get healed and learn what that really means to love. But you know, that's not letting us off the hook, is it? You know, Jesus, by summarizing Ten Commandments into two, is not letting us off the hook. Because to love the Lord your God with everything in your entire being, that is, that's a tough call. Have you tried it? To love your neighbor. Jesus said there's no greater love than this than if you lay your life down for your friend. You're willing to give your life for someone else. Do you want to try that? Yeah, that's not easy, right? I hope I'm making this clear for you. doesn't cancel the law through faith. No, on contrary, we uphold the law. The promise to Abraham, to his descendants, and we are the descendants of Abraham by faith, that he would inherit the world not through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. This is why the promise is by faith that it might be according to grace to guarantee to all his descendants, not only to those who are of the law, the Jewish faith, but to everybody who join in with that same faith, that belief in his promise, 
his promised seed, promised land. And Abraham received his righteousness from God because of his belief and trust on these promises that would result in all the earth being blessed. By believing the promises of God, he was justified and through faithful living was shown in his circumcision. You see, he was declared right before his circumcision, but then he was circumcised. And praise God, we're not following that anymore. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> yeah, that's next Sunday, everybody. No. I'll bring a sharpened flint. Why is there no one in church today? Oh, okay, that's why. But you know, our circumcision is of our hearts. It's cutting away. This is why Jesus says, I come to bring the sword. It's because I'm cutting away all those things that you know are not of me. Sometimes that's really hard. You ever go through those times when you feel challenged, when you feel like you know what you're doing is wrong and it's being cut away from you? Oh, Lord Jesus, I want to be, I want to live pure for you. See, Abraham was circumcised after he received the gift of faith. So that faith was actually working out in his lives in the way he lived. So then they kind of messed things up. So the Moses came in with the law. And now there's not just one family of a of, of few people with Abraham or, or uh, Israel's now. Then there's 12 tribes. And now there's thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. And they ask Moses. They say, Moses, listen, you talk to God and we'll just do as we're told. So Moses goes and talks to God and comes up with the laws and a way to live. And they need it because there's a lot more of them. They need some guidelines. And Moses came in with the law and they chose to live under those commands. They wouldn't deal with God directly. Uh, so that system was put into place, that system of obedience and sacrifice. But they were given a gift of faith. They were given that opportunity to have that faith and to come to God directly. And I think that's where we are now. We can come to God directly because we have that agreement with, with Christ. You know, we've not got the old system where we have to sacrifice animals, but we have, and you have to read Hebrews for, for your own because I've run out of time this morning. But that belief in Christ and what he's done through the sacrificial, through his sacrifice, he took our sin. He wiped us clean. And even if we're wonderful, brilliant people, who never did anything wrong, we still need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. We still need that faith to be taken out of a sinful state into a righteous state. And because we have that faith in us, that causes us to live a faithful life. You've been given a measure of faith and you can, with that faith, allow it to grow. Grow by believing the promises that God has for you. Believe by learning what the Bible says about you. Believe in by hearing the word of God. Believe in by praying. Allow the principle of faith to work in you. And you come into a place, and I call it obedience to faith. It's not blind obedience to the law, but it's obedience to faith. Obedience to what is placed within you. And the law then begins to be written on your heart. And you begin to want what he wants. You begin to live the way he wants you to live. You begin to love others. You begin to 
you know what he says there in, in Peter, you, uh, you come into a place of kindness, you come into a place of fullness, you come into a, a place where God wants you and how he wants you to live in faithfulness. This is why we pray for you. Asking God to help you to live the kind of life he's called you to live. I tell you, you might have a small mustard seed of faith, but as we pray, as you pray together, that grows, that grows into a way of life. And isn't that what God's called us to live? A whole new way of life. That Christianity isn't just a mental assent to some religious belief. It's a way of life. Abraham said, Paul said of Abraham, the righteous shall live by faithfulness. By faithfulness. That's how the righteous live, in a faithful way. We pray, and I, this is, I'm closing. We pray that with his power, God will help you do good things. I believe that. Don't you believe God has the power to work in your life? And you'll perform the works that come from your faith. Yes, your faith is a gift, but it is yours. Own it. Plant it. Water it. Nurture it. Allow that faith to grow into faithfulness. Amen? Let's just stand. Should we do that? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your gift, your gift of life, your gift of faith that's planted within us. Thank you, Lord. It's more than just our self-determination or our self-will, but it's that gift in us. Help that gift to grow, Lord. I pray that we live our lives in a way that you've called us to live. I pray that we live those faithful lives, that you've begun a good work and you'll complete it in us. And that we will grow in faith and produce a good harvest 30, 60, 100 fold as we allow that to grow in our lives. As we allow you to change and transform us. Cleanse us, Lord. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. Let us get to know you and the power of your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are 